for whatever reason, negotiations is a phrase that freaks people out. Now, what you need to know as a salesperson or even a business owner is whoever you're meeting with may be scared to negotiate, may be willing to do a deal, but doesn't know how to say it. So what are the seven basics of negotiation and what do you need to know? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios, and we are on episode number 177, Negotiation Skills, Seven Basics of Negotiation. And I want to go over a couple things with you, and a couple of these are going to have to be stories from things that I've been through. And basic negotiation skills are something you need to have in sales and business. And the longer you're in sales, the easier things get. The shorter you're in sales and business, the harder it seems. And every skill that you pick up, every talent that you want to work towards takes time, energy, and effort. And it's one of those things where I am astonished at how many times that people want something by not putting in the work. And if you listen to enough of my episodes that I had a sell show, I talk a lot about this for a reason, that there's a lot of people who don't want to put in the work. They, they want instant gratification, and it just doesn't work that way. And I'm going to say the same thing happens with the seven basics of negotiation. So today, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm in a class with business owners at all sorts of different variations of skills and capabilities. And the, the topic of negotiation came up. And I was surprised at how many people were freaked out about negotiations and didn't know what to say and didn't know what to do. And I'm sitting here looking around and there's some people and I'm like, how are you so rooted out and freaked out about negotiations? And they were, they were looking for the perfect thing to say and they were looking for the perfect thing to do. And one of the things that I said is like, look, you have to put in the reps, you have to put in the work, you have to, you have to do what everybody else doesn't want to do. And you know, it wasn't the, the most famous answer. It wasn't the thing that everybody wanted to hear. It wasn't the thing that got everybody excited the most. But I was sitting here going, how many times have I been in classes with people who are supposedly really good business owners that are scared out of their mind to negotiate? And so I started just, I started asking myself, okay, so what do they do? Do they send a manager in? Do they hire somebody? Do they end up not getting the terms or the deal that they wanted? You know, and really, what is what does this fear come from? You know, at the end of the day, none of us want to look dumb. None of us want to look silly. None of us want to make a bad deal. But it happens a lot. And because they're so freaked out about it, they won't, they won't go do stuff. And they won't take classes. They won't role play. They, they just, these, these people were genuinely stuck. And I was just amazed. Uh, I'll let you know that uh, no matter how much deal making you do, there's a point where you kind of walk away from it and have some doubts about the deal. I could have done a little bit better. There's nothing wrong with that. I could have done a little bit better. There's always the the dissection of the deal after it's done. You know, the, the people who do a bunch of deals, I've talked to a lot of deal makers and they'll say, hey, you know, occasionally 
I'll walk away from a deal going, I could have done better. I could have asked for more. But you know what they say? There's another deal out there. And you learn from every deal that you do. And so that feeling goes away over time. But it's normal for you to have it. It's normal. You know, the other day I sold some DJ equipment that I had. And I was like, "Ah, I probably could have got some more money. And then I said, like, I got to shut that down. You know what? Here's all the things that went right with the deal. I got rid of some stuff that I don't use. You know, it's free cash. I got to free up cash. I got to go buy buy some Bitcoin, you know, some cryptocurrency with the money that I had. So, you know, there's a point of view that looks back and you're like, oh, I could have done better. I could have got more out of it. Okay. You get better over time. Everybody could have done better is my favorite thing. Anytime you tell somebody I went out and bought a car, like, what'd you pay for it? Here's what I paid for it. Oh, I could have done better. <laughs> Everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. Anytime you buy something big and you do something big, it just amazes me how many times people will come out and tell me like, you bought the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing. You didn't get a deal. And I'm looking around. I'm like, where's your deal? How much stuff do you do? And most of the time, the people who want to talk the most don't have any reason to talk. They just, they want to run their mouth. And so like, you got to look at who your critics are. You know, if my hero is my critic, then I'm like, I've got a little bit more skin in the game to some random person that I don't care about. You have to get over the anxiety. Uh, It's just, it's there. You know, it's, it's funny because I'll talk to people and they'll go, Hey, do you get nervous before a sales call? And I'll go, no, I don't. And I said, do you? And they go, yeah, sometimes I do. But like, I tell them, Hey, for 11 years, I role played every single day for about two to four hours, multiple times. You know, I've got my word tracks down. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm going to do. I know what people are going to try to do to throw me off my game. I know how, what, what people are, are going to have a problem with. It doesn't freak me out. You know, if anything, I get a little bit amped up and I'm probably a little bit too excited to go into a deal. I'm like, yes, I get to go do another sales call. You know, I'm probably weird that way and I'm okay with it. And uh, I like this phrase that I picked up from Roland Fraser, Roland Fraser a month ago is you got to be beyond the book. There, there's only so much learning and stuff that you can do when it comes to sales and negotiation. I'll name off two really good books. One, start with no from Jim Camp. And if I, if I was like, hey, I need some good books on negotiation, what are they? So start with no. And that's, that's the first one. Start there. And then read Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. But read the, read them in that order. Read them from Jim Camp first to Chris Voss second. And you'll see a lot of correlation. You'll see a lot of things that go on. And, you know, I love the belief that Jim Camp had in the very beginning of Start With No is never be needy. Never be needy. So here's the seven basics of, of negotiation. One, put in the work. Put in the work. You know, put, you know, figure out what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. When I say put in the work, it's not just that you put in the effort to learn how to negotiate. You, you might have to do some, some information, information searching. You know, what, are, what is it that you're looking for? It can come down to your data, your comps, what, what's comparable, your questions and even examples. You know, I think of some of the things that I've bought in life and I did some research on them before and I, you know, got into the, hey, I'm ready to do this, but I've got a couple of concerns about the price. And, you know, it's just a little bit different way that I explain an objection over price than, than anything else, because I want to throw the salesperson off to an extent. I want them to be like, I haven't ever heard this before. I don't know what to do. I want them to be slightly uncomfortable when I'm dealing with them. And so, you know, I, it's just the way that I address it. it doesn't mean it's the way that you address it, 
But there's been times where I'm like, look, you know, based upon these examples, I think you're a little bit off on these numbers. There's nothing wrong with the pushback. This is normal conversation. Just normal, just more normal, normal, my brain's saying, normal disagreement. There's disagreement in everything. Number two, he or she asks, gets. He or she asks, gets. You have to ask for what you want. And, you know, uh, there's flagging involved a lot in negotiations. And I saw I saw Chris Voss and his son Brandon talk about this, that if you want to buy something for 20, you freak the person out and you're like, hey, I was thinking, I'm sorry, they're offering for something for 20 and you freak the person out by giving them a $5 offer, you know, because somehow they know mathematically you're going to get to 11 or 12, which is like half. Um, I saw Gary Voynerchuk talk about this the other day. I was just flipping through Instagram or YouTube or one of the stations and he was he was talking about how he was after some tricycle thing and the guy wanted a hundred bucks and he's like, I'm not going to offer him 50 cause I'm going to split in the middle. He's like, I'm going to probably start at like 20 and he ends up picking up this thing and you see him driving around on the, on the, on the driveway. But whoever asks is whoever gets. And you have to remember that, that it's all about asking. You got You can't just think it. That person's going to be like, Hey, what are you thinking? Oh, you're thinking you want a discount. Man, I'll just give you a discount. I mean, it happens, but not to the extent of when somebody says, this is what I want. I was talking to a friend last night and and she wanted to buy some uh, Fendi uh, sunglass covers or some box for her Fendi sunglasses. And we go on eBay and we're chatting on the phone and she's telling me, I see them online and I don't want to pay a hundred bucks. And I was like, I found you one for $42. And she was in her head, she's, she says, Scott, I only want to pay 27. And I said, where'd that number come from? She says, I don't know, but it makes me feel good. And so I started to mess with her. I said, hey, you know what? Uh, I will Venmo you or uh, or cash app you some money. I'll send you 17 bucks because I knew it was going to freak her out. And she didn't know what to do with it. And it, it kind of threw off of her balance. And I texted her this morning and I said, did you buy that Fendi, Fendi uh, sunglass bag or that case yet? And she said, no, I was up all night thinking about the $17. So sometimes people get caught up in the ask. So yes, it's true. He or she asks, gets, but there's a point where you can go too far and get too caught up in it. Okay. Uh, number three, there's a dance to the negotiation. There is a dance to dating. There is a dance to the sales process. There is a dance to negotiation. And so there's a back and forth. You can you can go watch Pawn Stars for this. You know, Pawn Stars will show you that there's typically two or three volleys going back and forth between somebody uh, asking for something and doing a deal. And I will tell you that's pretty realistic uh, from watching as many deals as I've got done for consumer goods. That it, at the most, I think the most that I counted was 11 from one person. But the, on average, it's two or three. That's that's usually about how far you have to go on objections. That's usually about how far you have to go on your back and forth or your dance. I'm going to refer to that. And in this dance is vocal, pitch, and tone, and pace. There's timing involved. You know, there's, there's a time where you got to go, uh, you know, and it's about five to seven seconds, just so you know, because I've watched enough presentations. Number four, everyone complains about price. Everyone. It's a, it's a standard. It's a given. It is a normal thing. I know someone who is not rich, but wealthy. Okay. And there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference between rich and wealthy. And so I'm talking like hundreds of million dollars. Uh, 
And this person complains about price on everything. And so I asked them, I said, what's up with complaining about price? And they said, you don't know if you're getting the best deal unless you complain about the price. And I went, interesting. Made a note of it. So I'm telling you about it on the How to Sell show today. Number five, you must remain calm. You can overplay your hand or you can come across too aggressive. You know, there, there's a point where I don't want to deal with people when they're overly aggressive. There's a point where I don't want to deal with people when they overplay their hand and they're too pushy. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not interested. You don't know the dance. You know, you're just being overly aggressive. And at the end of the day, it comes across like being a bully. Number six, there's always another deal. You know, uh, fake scarcity does not work on me very well. When people are like, you know, there's only two left of these. And, uh, you know, that's a digital course and it's just a download link. <laughs> there, there's always more. Now, I will tell you in the case of something rare like art or rare like some cars, that's a different story. But for a commodity, there's always another deal. There's always another capability of buying it. And, you know, there's going to be a point in your life and maybe you're at it where like you're like, okay, it's a deal, but I don't have to do it. Because you have a difference between want and need. Uh, I want a sandwich. I don't need a sandwich. <laughs> I, 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 I need air to breathe. It's not that I want air to breathe. So like you got to think through what the, your differences between want and a need. So there's always another deal. You got to be willing to walk away. And so sometimes what happens is people put in too much time, energy, and effort in their brain and they don't walk away. And this happens a lot in used car sales because you have, you have a sunk cost fallacy. And so this is where people will have you sit around for four hours and get you caught up in sitting in a dealership and you, you'll start saying, well, I put in so much time, energy, and effort. You got to be willing to walk away because at the end of the day, there's always another deal. Number seven, have fun. It's just a product or service. You know, I, I've used this example a couple of times on how to sell show that on Undercover Billionaire, Grant Cardone was asking a guy for $10,000. And it was like he had no money in his pocket, but he needed 10,000 bucks. And so the whole time he's asking for money, you know, Grant was smiling and he had a good energy towards him. Whether you like Grant Cardone or not, there's something to learn from that. You know, there, there is an energy of having fun. There's a reason why, there's a reason why I get upgrades at the hotels that I do. There's a reason why I get upgrades on the cars that I rent. If I rent a car and I don't use an Uber or a Lyft or something similar, you know, it's because I'm willing to have fun. I'm willing to laugh. I'm willing to to get the chuckles in. I'm willing to have the other person have a good time. So those are the seven the seven ways right there for you. Seven basics of negotiation. Put in the work. He or she who asks gets. There's a dance to negotiation. Everyone, say it with me, everyone complains about price. You got to remain calm. There's always another deal and have fun. So I want to go over a few negotiation basics. You got to get to the point of negotiation. If you're scared to get there, then you're not going to ever be able to put in the work. So many people never get there. And I, I, I'm going to give you a different example of an objection. You know, it could be that somebody says, I need to think about it because they don't think that they have good enough negotiation skills. You know, I, I am amazed at how many times salespeople don't close the deal uh, because the other person just doesn't want to negotiate. They're scared of it. So they give a fake objection. So you might ask, you know, look, at this point, are you just scared to negotiate? You know, there's been times where I've said that to people and they're like, well, I didn't know that I could and I didn't know what to ask you. I'm like, well, what do you want to give me? 
Now, I'm not a big fan of discounting, but you know what? I'm a big fan of asking what I'm thinking. So sometimes it's the fear of the negotiation that gets to the end that people will shut you down. So when I was doing in-home sales, I, sometimes I would get to the end of the presentation and, and the people knew the close was coming. The people knew that I was going to ask for the sale because I told them, be prepared. At the end of the call, I'm going to ask you for your business. So what they would do is they'd say, hey, can't you just email this to me? And so like the first couple of times I was like, yeah, I'll email it to you. And then I figured out, I was like, whoa, time out, simmer down. You know what? If if I don't ask them for the sale, they can't tell me yes right now. And it's it's not as easy to make the sale. And so I realized that like, and this has probably happened to you. You're probably like slapping yourself on the forehead. Oh, I never thought of that. Gosh, dang it. I never thought of that. That's That's why they do that. You get to the end of the process before you roll numbers and the people are like, hey, I'm busy. Can you just email this to me? You got to be able to say, hold on a second. We're almost there. We've only got like two or three minutes. We're pretty close. Whatever way you want to say it, right? Everybody's got a different personality. There's typically small talk. Sometimes people will waver around. They go back and forth because they're uncomfortable. And for you, you just got to get used to the way that people chat and the nervous energy. And you could do that by getting started by selling on the secondhand market. Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. This is how you learn the dance. This is how you learn the pauses. This is how you learn the normal conversation. Every time you sell something on Facebook Marketplace, know that people are going to show up with less money than what you told them to bring. So in the case of me selling my DJ equipment, I confirmed with the guy. I said, hey, this is how much money you're going to bring because if you're not going to bring that much money, don't show up. Don't drive here. Don't meet up with me because I wasn't going to play the game of having them show up and go, well, there's all these things and I don't like this. That's their job. They're supposed to pick it apart. But if you've done enough deals, you know what to look for, you know what to say, and you know what to do. So here's what you do. You find 10 things around your house you don't care about. 10 things around your house you don't care about. And you put them up on the marketplace. And you see what you can get for them. And, you know, you get to learn that there's people who will call you up, hit you up, text you, message you, and say, hey, I want to buy it and I'll pay full price. I'm more than happy to take it off your hands for whatever you said you were going to sell it for. And you're like, fantastic, but I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I wanted to learn the dance. And then you get the people who call you up and you wanted a hundred bucks for something. And they offer you 10 and you're like, you can't be mad. You can't be mad. You can't get upset. That's part of the dance, part of the game. So I'm going to give you some insights onto my life. When I first graduated from high school, I used to go out and um, I would go to restaurant auctions. And so if a restaurant shut down, you know, they sell off everything in the auction to pay off uh, creditors or to get some money so that they can do whatever they do. And there was a magic number for us that we knew that on the secondary market that most things would sell for about 20 to 30%, sometimes 40 or 50. But the magic number that we were always looking at was about 25% of actual value. So if they paid $1,000 for it, we tried to buy it for 250 Now, this wasn't like an absolute where everything... Everything was basis way in pricing. There was different different items, but the general rule was as if you could get a, a less than 25%, you were doing really good. So $1,000 table, $1,000 refrigerator, if you get it, you could get it for 25%, you were good to go. And so, you know, uh, just think about that. You got a widget or gizmo around your house and you want to sell it, it costs you a hundred bucks. You know, if you get more than 30 bucks for it, you should be good, you know, and, and you can't get too caught up in what you didn't get, what you're getting, you're paying if you get a loss and you could have got more money for it, what you're doing is you're paying your for your schooling. You're buying your schooling for your losses through your losses in negotiation. Okay. So if if you really want to draw this out, grab a piece of paper and just draw an a, a, a plus sign, just a plus sign, 
And on the north to south, label it as more of something or less of something. So on the north end, you would put more of something. And on the south side, you put less of something. And then east to west is more time and less time. So this is going to cover about 80% of anything that you negotiate for. You're either asking more of something or less of something. So more products or less products, more money or less money. Okay, those are the two things you're going to negotiate on north and south. East and west is going to be more time and less time. 80% of your deals are going to come down to money, time, or more or less of something. Those are the six things it's going to cover. It's not very much more for anything. And so like, I really want to give you the simplified view of negotiation. So north, north is going to be more of something. South is going to be less of something. That could be product or money. Either way, east to west is going to be more time and less time. And you can literally draw out on the grid and you can say, okay, I've got north and I've got east, which is going to be more of something with, with more time. There's only so many ways that you can work a deal. And so like, let's say I, I was going to meet with you and we were going to, we were going to negotiate on something. I would draw that little plus before I sit down just to remind myself. I can ask for more of something, less of something, more time or less time. That's, that's 80% of what deals come down to. And if you know that framework, it makes it really easy for you to go, what am I going to ask for? I'm going to ask for, if I'm negotiating against somebody and they're selling something, I want it to cost me less, but I want more time to pay it off. Okay. Now, if, if I was selling, I would want to get more and I would give, want to give you the least amount of time to pay it off. So whatever your opposite is, is typically what the buyer is going to be asking you for. So if, if you're the salesperson, it works one way. If you're the buyer, it works another. Just sit down and draw the, the plus out. North to south is more of something, less of something. East to west is more time or less time. That's 80% of negotiations right there. Make it really easy for you. You can literally draw this out when you're sitting at the table negotiating. If you're sitting at a table negotiating, you know, the best thing you can ever do is have a piece of paper and a pen because it eats up time. So like I tend to take notes and uh, I have no problem making people uncomfortable. I have no problem writing out full sentences to give myself time to think. I have no problem, you know, making a note about something and making that person just sit there and be quiet while I write a few things down, even if it's complete and utter nonsense. You know, it's, it's giving me time to think. It's a thinking pad. I learned that from Zig Ziglar. You know, I'm going to go back some old school sales for you. I learned that from Zig Ziglar. So some negotiations and sales. Your buyer's nervous. They know somebody who knows somebody who could have done it better and is one of the best Monday morning quarterbacks when it comes to negotiations. You buy a car, everybody knows who they could have done it better. You buy a house and somebody could have negotiated the price better. You just got to know that most of the people who say that can't do it. It's all talk. It's all show, no go. You know, in, in Texas, they call that big hat, no cows. But your buyer's nervous. You got to do what you can to get them calmed down. You got to get them to open up the conversation. And so like, there's a lot of phrases that you can use. And as you start out, they're not going to be so elegant. You can start out. So like, what are you thinking? You could, you like, if you're brand new to sales, you know, you're brand new to selling a product or service, you could say something along the lines of like, you know, we can negotiate this price. I'm not saying to do this. I'm not saying that this should be your go-to move, but you got to get some sort of dance moves down. It, it's not the way that I would do sales today. It's not what I would say. It's like, I'm, I'm way more comfortable with making people uncomfortable than most. So, you know, I ask people at this point, what's holding us back? Is it the price? Is it the terms? Is it the color? Is it the shape? 
I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways to ask this, but you have to be willing to ask. Like that's one of the rules. You got to be willing to ask. He who asks gets. So it's not just that you're asking for money. You could be asking for the sell. That's rule number two. That's rule number two. Buyers get nervous. Make the process really cool, really easy. And like if I'm negotiating for something, I make sure to say, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. I will literally say, mm, not that big of a deal. And I'll go the, mm, got to get the mm here. Not, mm, not that big of a deal. Mm, not that big of a deal. And so I want people to be like, oh, well, you know what? This guy's not desperate. He doesn't need it. And it takes them from being like, I have to make this sale right now to have him go sometimes like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with this. And it's like, sometimes I'll tell people like, look, there's always another deal. Let's just get it done today. You know, I want you to win and I want me to win. And if I don't win, you tell me. And if you think, if I think that I'm, I'm getting too much over on you, I'll tell you too. There's a lot of different ways to say this. Most people have the fear of making a bad deal, paying too much or getting their, their terms wrong. You know, everybody has made a bad deal. I've made bad deals. You had to live with them. That's part of the education. It's part of the education. You know, there there is problems that you face. And so, you know, sometimes people will say, well, Scott, I made a deal. How do I renegotiate? Well, you don't renegotiate because you had buyer's remorse. You know, buyer's remorse is, is just what it is. Now, I'm not talking like super crazy high pressure. Now, I will tell you in California, uh, in-home salespeople have to give a five-day right to cancel. So like if someone feels like they were pressured, they can come back and say, I don't want to do this. And in California, uh, for in-home sales, they, they got to give the ability to say, okay, I'm just not going to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. You do everything you can to save that deal. But, you know, there's some states where there's laws that are meant to protect people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Good. Have some laws to protect yourself. Okay. But let's say that you make a bad deal. Um, and I'm not talking buyer's remorse. I'm talking you're losing your butt on a product or service that you, service that you did. You know, know your reason why. Because you're going to have to go back and ask to renegotiate the deal. And so like some people will say like, I can't go back and renegotiate the deal. I'm going to look dumb or I'm going to look silly. And like sometimes you got to go, if you don't go back and renegotiate the deal, you're going to go out of business. So this is the type of thing that you would renegotiate for. And if you have a contract by law, they don't have to do it. They don't. But you would want to have your reason why and be able to explain why it would be in their best interest. You would want to have your reason why and explain like, if we don't renegotiate this, we're going to go out of business. And you're not going to have a supplier or you're not going to have whatever we do. And so when you, when you think about this process, you, need, you may have to tell them the truth that they were, they were too good of negotiators, that they did such a good job that you had to come back hat in hand. They, they did such, uh, such an amazing feat that it puts you in a bad position. And you know what, what it is for everything at the end of the day, um, all... All negotiations comes down to communication. It comes down to questions. It comes down to reason why. It comes down to stories. And it comes down to the ask. Like, if I did this, would you do that? I mean, that is the most basic outline that you get when you go into a philosophy class. So one of the coolest things that I did was when I was in my undergrad, I went to school and I was working on a philosophy degree. And so part of that is figuring out how to ask really good questions. And so for you... It may come down to you just saying, like, what question could I ask? What question could I ask to get somebody to get engaged and possibly make a purchase today? It doesn't mean that they're going to, 
but at least you initiated the story. At least you initiated the conversation. At least you initiated the the ability to to negotiate. Uh, some of the worst some of the worst negotiation that I've seen. Okay, so some of the worst negotiation is the automatic discount, and the automatic discount is the max discount that somebody can give. So what they'll do is they'll walk in and they're in a sales slump or they're struggling where they got to meet a quota, whatever the reason is, and they can sell their widget. It's supposed to be full price, $10,000, but they have the ability to discount it to 7,500. They walk in and they're like, it's supposed to be 10 grand, but I really want to do business with you. Let's do it for 7,500. Well, remember that there was nothing interesting about that interaction. There was nothing that was good about that interaction. It just seems self-serving. So desperate people are really easy to take advantage of. So, you know, the buyer may see the salesperson as desperate and go, even though that is a good deal, I don't know why I would take it. I, you know, there's just something off here that my butterflies in my stomach are just, eh, it's not all there. It's not all there. Um, Earlier, I gave you an example of saying, you know, we're open negotiation. It's not what I would do, but once again, I'm not you and you're not me. It is an example of something you could do if you're really struggling and you're like, I just I just need to get to the negotiation. I just got to get there. Well, figure out an elegant way of saying, hey, are you open to having a conversation about terms and price? That may be one way that you say it. Are you open to terms and price? Because like sometimes people don't want to be the first person who jumps and, and makes the, the commitment to the conversation. You know, I... I <laughs> In my daily life, anywhere that I go and there's a sales going on, I like to listen to salespeople. I like to listen to buyers. I'm probably weird that way because I want to hear what they say and I want to hear what they do. And uh, I was in the market for a truck. I was helping my mom buy a vehicle for her company. So I wasn't personally in the market for the truck my mom was. And I was listening to a deal going down across the table uh, at the dealership. And the, the salesperson sounded desperate and felt desperate. And so let's say he rolls the price. He's like, the car's $30,000 and that's open to negotiation. And and the guy riding co-pilot with him, his face turned red. His face just went bright red, bright red. Because, you know, that dude was way off script. He had nervous energy. He had his trainer, his manager, whoever it was just sitting there. And inside, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? I've made those mistakes before. I was kind of giggling. I'm like, you know, I remember when I was brand new at sales and I would say things like that. You know, so, you know, your ability to say, hey, look, is it the terms or the price? When you give any either or, it's considered a choice double bind, meaning like, do you want to put your pants on first or your shirt on first? Was it, is it the price or is it the terms? Like you're narrowing down the options. And so by doing that, you're able to figure things out. So what happens is as you increase your skills in sales and you learn the seven abilities to, to negotiate, you know, some of it's going to come down to the elegance and the question that you ask and and how you have those conversations, you know? So if you put in the work and the effort, you you have your list of questions. And if you believe that he or she who asks gets, then you know that you got to ask. And there is a dance to the negotiation. You got to learn how to go back and forth with people. And then remember that everybody, say it with me, everybody complains about price. Everybody does. You must remain calm. There's always another deal. And at the end of the day, you got to have fun. The The minute that it's no longer fun is when you dread buying something. And then you're like, oh, I really didn't want to get that. And I didn't really need it. You can be better at negotiations.
Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.